to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning comes from the book of Second Peter. And I thought about that this morning, and in the 44 years I've been a minister, somebody can do the math, I have never once preached from Second Peter until today. I'll give you a hint as I preach from Second Peter. Those of you who want to flip pages in the Bible, I'm also going to hit the 90th Psalm, Psalm 90. So if you want to get If you want to go ahead and mark it so you look real good when I say, and on the 90th Psalm, you just go, I'll be impressed, okay? You know, I don't know how many of you grew up, did any of you grow up doing sort of the Lord drills? Am I like the only one who did sort of the Lord drills? When you get a new Bible, if you put talc between the pages, you can flip them faster. Uh, You need to remember that if you're ever having to look for scripture quickly. Second Peter, third chapter, starting with the eighth verse. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance." But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, Strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I don't know how you count down for Christmas, but in my household, we use the mouse. That is a calendar with the mouse that is current. That is the current mouse setting on the calendar. My kids loved that calendar. It went up with all the other Christmas decorations, and you can see it is loaded toward the days of December. And Allison and Andrew would have great debates on whether it would be Allison's year to move to the odd numbers and Andrew got the even or if they reversed. They had great, long childhood discussions about whether or not the mouse was moved before they went to school, 
or the mouse was moved when they came home from school. As they got older, their view of this calendar and their view of waiting matured. Allison decided one year that what we as adults ought to do was to put money in each one of those slots that the kid that moved the mouse also got the money that was in the slot. Didn't do that. They're still waiting for us to do that one. We haven't used the calendar really for 12 or 13 years now since our last kid left, but the calendar's back up. And every day, I mark the passage of December by moving the mouse. How do you mark the passage of time, particularly as we wait to Christmas, as we wait through Advent for the birth of the babe of Bethlehem? Our text in Second Peter calls us to joy and anticipation and good behavior. Good behavior. You better watch out because there is this dude in the north and he's making a list and he's checking it twice and he's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Right? One year we were in Arcadia and we were opening up the new building down there and um, we decorated it all for Christmas and I had arranged to have the the big elf come as a surprise for the boys and girls right after church on a Sunday. That's back when I knew the big elf's fax number. Do you remember fax numbers? People are going, what's a fax? Yes, well, I had Santa's fax number, and I had faxed him, and he was coming. So we're decorating the church, and it's Friday night, and the adults are running around, and the kids are running around, and we're all getting it ready for that big Sunday, and I walked in one of the parlors, and my daughter Allison had her her spiral notebook laying on the the seat the seat the sitting part of the sofa, and she was kneeling in front of it, and she was writing furiously. And being a certified snoop as a father, I looked over her shoulder, and it said. I will not talk in class. I will not talk in class. I will not talk in class. Allison, what are you doing? Well, I'm writing, I will not talk in class. I see that. How many times are you writing it? I'm writing it 150 times. Allison, did you get in trouble today at school and are you having to write this because you were talking in class? She said, nope, I'm writing it because I might need it next week. And that's how I knew she was going to be an attorney. She was waiting with anticipation of, of a lot of joy. She was trying to be good but she knew she wasn't going to quite make it. The book of Second Peter reminds us that Jesus is coming again, and he's coming again to bring history and this world to a conclusion. And there's some scary things in this passage of Scripture. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire. 
That's scary. And yet here it is. The second Sunday of Advent and the second time we've dealt with the second coming of Jesus and we're told to wait and to watch and and this coming of Jesus again sort of sets us back and we go, wait a minute, I'm not sure what I want to do with this. There was a deacon in the church I grew up in. Al was in his early 40s and developed a very aggressive kind of cancer. And he was just in the hospital about three weeks when he died. Al had a daughter, a son, and they just had a brand new one. So he had an 18-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old son, and a year and a half or two-year-old daughter. And Elaine was a part of our our Sunday school and youth group, and and she was one of the teachers and leaders. So we, we got to know Elaine a little bit better through all this. And Elaine, as suddenly finding herself a, a widow in her early 40s with three kids, kept saying, oh, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I want Jesus to come back. I want Jesus to come back so I can go and be in heaven with Al. And we'll all be up there together. I was 18 years old. I didn't want Jesus to come back. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to do all those things an 18-year-old looks forward to doing. And I'm still a little bit that way when people say, oh, I hope Jesus is coming soon. Well, I hope Jesus is coming soon too. I just hope he waits. There's some things I want to do. I want to collect Social Security. I want Medicare to pay for really good medicine. I want to live long enough to be a burden on my children. I have a plan, y'all. But don't we all? And when you suddenly start talking about Jesus coming again, when you talk about Jesus' second advent, we go, wait a minute, Lord. Have you read my calendar? Have you seen my plans? And that's why these first two Sundays of Advent, we read about Christ coming again because we are trying to put ourselves emotionally in the shoes of the people in that first story. You see, God had promised that Jesus was coming, but it hadn't happened yet. And that's what Advent is. It's a season of not yet. Mary and Joseph have not yet gone to Bethlehem. The baby is not yet born. The angels have not yet sung their song of praise to the shepherds. The magi have not yet arrived at the manger. Nothing has happened yet. It's a time to prepare for Christ coming. It's a time to get ready because Jesus is coming and Jesus is coming again. And so the writer of 2 Peter gives us some hints about what we need to do to prepare for that second coming. And it's found up there in the 11th verse, since these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of person are you to be in leading lives of holiness 
and godliness. Now we pretty much have an idea of what leading a godly life would be about. But we're not too sure what a holy life is going to be about. I'm going to give you another spelling of the word holy. Spell it with a W. That being holy is W-H-O-L-L-Y. Being a holy Doug is becoming holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y, Doug. It means becoming the person God made me to be. Doesn't mean I become like you. It means I become like God made me to be. I become the best Doug there is to be. That means I don't do the things that shortcut God's will for my life. I don't do those things that are uh, detrimental to living the best Doug life I can live. So three things Peter says about living this holy and godly life. First of all, we are to grow in the image of Jesus Christ. Therefore, beloved, while you're waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish. That is a reference to the perfection of Christ that we are to become more and more like Christ in how we treat each other and how we treat one another. Earlier on in the first chapter, Peter says this, for this very reason you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love. That means you've never actually arrived at being fully, completely, and perfect a Christian, there is always the next step for you to take. There is always an advance for you to make. When you figure out, when you figure out faith, then you need to work on goodness. And when you've got goodness figured out, you need to work on knowledge. And when you've got knowledge figured out, you need to work on self-control. You see how this works? There's always something to learn. There's always a new skill to acquire. There's always work the Holy Spirit can do in and of and through you in transforming you into a person who is growing in the image of Jesus. Secondly, we're called to study the Word. To study the Word. And I thought about that when I read to you the first verse of the text. But don't ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. We will start E100 right after the first of the year. We're going to read through 100 passages of scripture together. You're going to do it on a daily basis. And then Chris and I and Haley will be preaching from passages you've read during the week. And I thought about this because one of the things we recorded this week was the first podcast for E100. We, we are going to preview for you every week the scriptures you'll be reading for the week. And this week, Genesis 1 was in there. 
God created the heavens and the earth, and in six days he did all this, and the seventh day he rested. And there are people who sneak in the podcast and ask the preacher questions. Preacher, is a day a literal 24-hour day? Hmm, how are you going to answer that? Psalm 90, the 90th Psalm is where this idea comes from. The fourth verse, for a thousand years in your sight is like yesterday when it's past or the watch in the night. You sweep them away, what? Years, they're like a dream, like a grass that is renewed in the morning. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. So, Lord, since you control history, since you control dispersing days, since you know us, teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. I hope one of the things that happens as we read the Bible together, as Kyle says, that the Holy Spirit transforms us and changes us so we don't become proficient at reading the book, but we allow the book to read us. And that's the step I want us as a church to make, that this book interprets our lives. So we need to grow in the image of Jesus, we need to study the word, and then we need to use our time wisely. Peter says, and regard patience of the Lord as salvation. Use your time wisely. Because that mouse moves. It'll be Christmas before you know it. And that calendar I used to hang up so the kids could be so excited about it. Kids will grow up and go to school. And before you know it, you'll be looking at yourself in a mirror and you'll say, how did this happen to me? Because that's what time does. So use your time wisely. Paul said, redeem the day, redeem the hour, live each moment richly and fully and wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. Because time and that mouse move. And as much as you want to freeze it right where it is, things will change. I love that calendar. I love that mouse because it was fun watching my kids debate the mouse. Who gets to move it? Because I think there was something in their childhood agreement that when they moved it off of December 24th, one of them got to go first in opening Christmas gifts. I've forgotten what it was. But they got to be teenagers and the mouse was silly. And they went off to college and the mouse was silly. 
And they moved out and wondered why we kept the mouse. It's because the old guy in the house, that's how he keeps up with Advent. That's how he reminds himself that the baby is coming and that this season is about children and joy and laughter and enthusiasm and anticipation. And what I've discovered about the mouse is there's actually something better than Christmas morning and your cute children. There's one thing better than that. Christmas morning and your grandchildren. I'm going to tell them about the mouse. And we're going to have a mouse discussion. And we're going to invent a game where we FaceTime the mouse and watch it move. Because the mouse is calling us to Bethlehem. The mouse is calling us to Jesus. That mouse has called me to live a holy and godly life. What marks time for you? How do you keep up with its movement? And is that method pointing you to the babe of Bethlehem. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.